You're listening to the Accenture Insurance Influencers Podcast. Most people actually want validation from an expert advisor before they proceed. And that is how we've designed our process. So we're not lead gen. We don't collect your information and sell you to insurance companies. We own that customer relationship end to end. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm Igrani Yu, and my guest today is Jennifer Fitzgerald. Jennifer is the CEO and co-founder of Policy Genius, the nation's leading online insurance marketplace. She's also selected Ernst & Young Entrepreneur of the Year New York for 2019, one of Fast Company's 100 Most Creative People in Business for 2018, and one of only four women founders in fintech to raise over $50 million in funding. Thanks for making the time to speak with me, Jennifer. Thanks for having me. So tell me a bit about Policy Genius. So Policy Genius is an online uh, consumer insurance marketplace. So we offer everything from life insurance to homeowners insurance to renters insurance and everything in between. So you can come to policygenius.com, uh, get educated, read content, search for insurance, shop, get real-time quotes, uh, and then buying coverage all in one spot. And what was the the question or the problem that led you to create Policy Genius? The problem that led me and my co-founder to create Policy Genius uh, dates back several years uh, when we were consultants at McKinsey. Uh, we were helping insurance companies try to figure out um, where to go for consumer growth. Um, one of the big light bulb moments was a study we did uh, several years ago that found that the average age of an insurance agent is 59 years old. Um, insurance agents are still the primary distribution channel for insurance in the U.S. So, uh, if you couple that with the fact that increasingly most households now don't have an insurance agent relationship, um, that presented a big problem for insurance companies, meaning how do we get our products into the hands of consumers who still very much need them, um, but the way we've traditionally distributed these products just isn't keeping uh, touch with changing consumer preferences and changing technology. Right. And so the natural answer maybe um, or solution uh, was a digital product. Can you talk about how the, the current incarnation of Policy Genius came about to serve that need? Sure. I mean, first we started with talking to actual consumers. So we did a lot of research talking to consumers, asking them about their most recent insurance purchasing experience, where they went to, um, what happened, what they wish would have happened. So that was one piece of it. The other piece of it was just taking a step back and um, looking at how consumers transact across verticals today. Um, there's Amazon, there's Expedia, I mean, you name it, there's a digital uh, self-service marketplace, and there really wasn't one uh, for insurance. So I recently purchased insurance through a broker, and um, it was not as easy, I would say, as, as buying something online. But one thing that really... Um, that I noticed was this element of advice. So, I mean, I'm, I'm not uh, an insurance expert to the degree that a broker is. And so I really valued that relationship. How is Policy Genius addressing that part of the piece? So it is a place to buy it. What about that advice or um, advisory piece of it? Great question. And that's been central to our model since the very beginning. So um, insurance is still very much an advised product. Nobody's an insurance expert. Nobody wants to be an insurance expert who's actually not in the industry. Um, so we have advice 
uh, a few different ways in our company. So one is all the content that we create and that we publish to our site uh, and distribute through syndication partners. The second piece, which is very much a uh, part of our business model and makes this unique, is the human aspect. So we have a full licensed uh, and expert operations team behind the scenes that supports our customers. We fully believe in the hybrid digital human model. And that's been borne out in in how we look at the customer journeys. Most people want a digital journey. They want to be able to research and get smart and see prices and compare quotes on their own and from the you know comfort of their home and on their iPad. But when it comes to the moment of truth, meaning that you're going to actually pull the trigger and buy a life insurance policy or a homeowner's insurance policy, that's an important decision. You're either you know buying a 20, 30-year contract in the case of life insurance, or you're buying a contract to protect your what's probably your most valuable financial asset. Most people actually want validation from an expert advisor before they proceed. And that is how we've designed our process. So we're not lead gen. We don't collect your information and sell you to insurance companies. We own that customer relationship end to end. Interesting. And so I I find it interesting that um, it's validation that somebody is looking for in that relationship and maybe not the education piece of it. Am I understanding correctly? I mean, there's all types, right? So there are some uh, there are some consumers who want to be, you know, fully educated uh, in a one-on-one human interaction. What we find, particularly with younger consumers, is they want to get smart and eliminate some of that information asymmetry on their own, right? So they want to know the terminology, they want to know the product set, they want to have a rough sense of what pricing looks like before they talk to a human. So at that point, they've more or less you know, sold themselves and made the decision that, yes, I need homeowner's insurance or yes, I need a long-term disability insurance policy. Um, But I'd like, you know, a quick 10, 15 minute conversation with an expert to validate that, to make sure that I'm thinking about it the right way and that I'm not making any like glaring mistakes when it comes to something that's a pretty important financial decision. Mm -hmm. And so your clarification that you are a broker. So when they when they are contacted by a person that's on behalf of policy genius and not on behalf of the carrier themselves. Is that right? That is a policy genius employee that you're speaking to. Okay. So you not only had to build this um, online marketplace, but you also have had to train sort of this army of of insurance experts. Absolutely. Um, so we have done uh, all of that. So built all the software to allow us to create a digital experience for our core products. And then, you know, we have built and trained um, the operations team that handles the customer inquiries and can provide that really nice high touch service uh, when the customer wants it. So I'm curious because insurance gets this reputation for being Uh, fairly opaque when it comes to how the processes go. The insurance value chain is notoriously uh, complicated. There's compliance issues. What has been the most effective in getting your operations team up and running? Uh, Really just being very focused around the playbook for each step of the process. So um, for, for the team who's speaking directly with customers around pricing, rating product features. They have to be licensed agents. So we have a very specific playbook about how we get those people um, 
up to the bar and ready to go. Um, there is a different team that handles like final mile and post uh, post purchase uh, service issues. That's a different playbook. So we've just focused very specifically on what are the parts of the customer journey that are going to require some customer support. And let's be very focused about what that playbook looks like to make sure that that part of the journey uh, lives up to the high bar of experience that uh, we intend to set. Mm-hmm. One of the, um, I think, criticisms of how some incumbents have gone to market is that while they present a digital product, there's friction in the handover to the person. So for instance, if I input my information and then I go speak to the broker or the agent, they are not able to get access to that. And I have to re-explain myself all over again, which clearly is not optimal. How is Policy Genius addressing that challenge in the omni-channel relationship? I mean, we are one company, so all of that customer information is with us. The other thing that we've done that's required several years worth of work is we've built our own software that powers everything that we do uh, with the customers. So uh, it's all one system. So from the time that you uh, enter our site and you are in, uh, let's say, a quoting experience and, and looking at the different quotes, if you submit your information online, that goes into our proprietary uh, CRM system that uh, we use to have a 360 degree view of the customer. Um, and again, that is accessed only by Policy Genius employees. So other uh, brick and mortar brokers or even other tech companies will probably use Salesforce or Zendesk or um, you know another uh, off the shelf CRM software system. We don't, we have built our own uh, so that that customer experience is seamless and that every customer touch point and every person that they talk to is able to see who that customer is and what they've done with us. Interesting. I noticed you had posted to Medium and um, you described your typical consumer as a mass affluent. Um, I'm wondering if you can talk a little bit about that. Was that intentional or was that sort of by virtue of the way that you had designed the product? Uh, Both. So by leading with life insurance and having a self-service digital experience, that's the type of person uh, and consumer that you'll attract. Um, Traditional financial advisors will often lead with life insurance as well, uh, because somebody who's in the market for life insurance uh, typically is experiencing a life event that's pushing them into market, such as buying a home, having a child, getting married. Uh, And with that, there's typically a broader set of financial needs behind it. So um, by leading with life insurance and leading with how we went to market, um, that was, you know, the two of those really produced uh, a way to acquire mass affluent consumers. Mm -hmm. Another thing that I noticed about Policy Genius is that um, the whole site is written in plain language. So there's fairly detailed financial education on there, but it's all written in very plain language. And notably, when I took the Policy Genius um, insurance checkup, it told me what insurance I don't need. So I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about that. Sure. I mean, one of the opportunities that we found when we started the company uh, was the opportunity to be real. It was a territory that nobody had staked out yet in insurance or even financial services more broadly. So that means, you know, writing in plain English, um, 
being uh, very authentic in terms of who you are uh, to the customer, um, being transparent about um, you know products, pricing, products that you don't need. Um, so that was very central to how we set about designing the service, designing the product. Uh, and when we tested it early on, it really resonated with consumers. I remember testing the first version of the insurance checkup and users saying, wow, nobody's ever told me what I don't need before. All I keep getting told is I need this, I need that, and do I need this product? And how about this new credit card offer and this new insurance product or this new bank account? So um, we have always looked for the way to um, be authentic and genuine uh, and build trust with our consumers. And, you know, that tone and being transparent was just one way, part of part of the way that we did that. I wanted to go back to something you said earlier where you you went to market um, based on life and I understand disability as well. I'm curious why you started in those lines of business. Uh, for a few reasons. One is we saw a big opportunity there for those verticals. Uh, there wasn't uh, a lot of competition when we started the company in those two verticals, especially in the digital uh, sphere. So that was one piece of it. Two, you know, if you look at the most commonly cited verticals to go after, auto insurance being probably the first, then, you know, homeowners insurance, they're very, very crowded verticals. Um, they're tough to build a two-sided market, marketplace, which is what we have built. Um, so, you know, had we started with home, auto insurance, for example, when we were a small five-person company with, you know, less than a million dollars of funding, we would have died on that hill. It's very crowded with lead generators. Um, lots of people are going after the auto insurance market. So strategically, it just did not make sense for us uh, to enter that market. So that's why life and DI and then pet insurance were our products when we started. Life insurance really took off. And so that's where we've largely been focused over the last few years, but have gotten that business to a pretty good point where now we feel comfortable uh, expanding horizontally. Uh, I want to come back to that, but um, before we do, I, I was wondering about the issue of trust, particularly in the area of life and disability, where you do have to hand over um, some fairly personal information. And at least in early days when you were just getting started, how did you address that issue of trust and get people to say, okay, I'm going to give you this fairly sensitive information? Yeah, it's a lot of small things and big things, right? So you have to... Um, try to build the signalers of a brand that consumers trust. So, uh, for example, getting a lot of online reviews, getting endorsed by uh, personalities, authorities, publications that consumers trust uh, is something that you do in the early days. Um, being thoughtful about how you ask about those questions, um, being upfront about your privacy and security policy. Um, you know, there's no there's no shortcut way to build trust. It's just a, a whole lot of little things that you have to get right and be persistent about um, when asking that uh, information of consumers. Hmm. Now, you've, you've mentioned your expansion horizontally, and I noticed that Policy Genius now offers home and auto products. So can you talk a little bit about um, that? And it, is it different? Or are you really sort of applying the your playbooks from before and adapting it for new lines of business? A little bit of both. So um, we're largely applying the playbook that we've developed and battle tested for life insurance to home and auto insurance. Uh, they're largely the same consumers uh, for example, um, the the lessons that we've learned in terms of acquisition, operation, customer experience, all of that 
um, is getting applied over to Home and Auto, plus all of the software infrastructure that we build, the, the tech infrastructure that we've built, um, we're leveraging for Home and Auto. Um, but part of it is new, right? It's a completely different customer journey. There are different pain points. Um, the supplier side of the marketplace is largely different. There are a few carriers that play in both PNC and life accident health, but not many. Um, so, you know, there are some new things that we've had to build and develop as well um, to expand horizontally. Mm-hmm. Uh, Policy Genius uh, is based in New York, where you are and is currently uh, an American um enterprise. Any plans on moving outside uh, borders? Not in the immediate term. The U.S. market is so big um, that we've just still got a lot of wood to chop here. I have lots of questions for our next episode around culture and talent and scaling at Policy Genius. For now, I just have one more. What does the insurance industry need to do to thrive? I think a couple things. One is, you know, it's still early days um, for insurance tech. So I think you're going to see a lot uh, of newer, a lot of uh, additional new companies moving into the sector. Um, I think eventually what you're going to see over the next few years is um, a bit of a shakeout and consolidation. So the winning models, um, you know, the products and the services that find traction are going to be able to scale um, pretty quickly. I still think there's a big uh, disconnect uh, in the market between consumers and carriers. Um, we're one of the we're one of the uh, companies focused focused on that disconnect. But um, at the end of the day, you know, insurance carries manufacture products that have to get in the hands of potential customers, be that businesses or consumers. So you know, solving for that disconnect. Um, is going to be key for, you know, the the long-term survival of the insurance industry and for all the players mm-hmm. in it. Thank you for that, Jennifer. And thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me today. It was a really interesting conversation. Thanks for having me on. You've been listening to the Accenture Insurance Influencers Podcast. In our next episode, Jennifer will share how she and co-founder Francois Delam scaled Policy Genius from a startup of five to more than 200 people. We'll dig into questions like how has Policy Genius operationalized culture and values? How does it hire the right people? And what decisions have been turning points for the company? Join us in two weeks for that episode. Until then, I'm Igrani Yu. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Accenture Insurance Influencers Podcast. To hear more great episodes, visit Accenture.com slash insurance influencers.